0: part three of joseph conrad a personal remembrance by ford maddox ford this librivox recording is in the public domain part three section one it is above all to make you see the time has come then for some sort of critical estimate of this author critical not philosophical for the philosophy of joseph conrad was a very simple one you might sum it all up in the maxim of herrick's to live merrily and to trust to good letters himself he summed it up in the great word fidelity and his last great novel turned upon a breach of trust by his typical hero his king tom it is the misfortune of morality that the greatest thrills that men can get from life come from the contemplation of its breaches about conrad there was however as little of the moralist as there was of the philosopher when he had said that every work of art has must have a profound moral purpose and he said that every day and all day long he had done with the subject so that the writer has always wished that conrad had never written his famous message on fidelity truly those who read him knew his conviction that the world the temporal world rests on a very few simple ideas and it might have been left at that for it was the very basis of all conrad's work that the fable must not have the moral tacked on to its end if the fable have not driven its message home the fable has failed must be scrapped and must give place to another one but the impulse to moralize, to pontify, is a very strong one, and comes in many treacherous guises. One may so easily do it unawares, and instances of Conrad's pontifications are far enough to seek, considering the temporal eminence to which he attained. He let, otherwise, his light so shine before men that few would be inclined to claim him amongst the preachers. He was, before all things, the artist and his chief message to mankind is set at the head of this chapter it is before all things to make you see seeing is believing for all the doubters of this planet from thomas to the end if you can make humanity see the few very simple things upon which this temporal world rests you will make mankind believe such eternal truths as are universal that message that the province of written art is above all things to make you see was given before we met it was because that same belief was previously and so profoundly held by the writer that we could work for so long together we had the same aims and we had all the time the same aims our attributes were no doubt different the writer probably knew more about words but conrad had certainly an infinitely greater hold over the architectronics of the novel over the way a story should be built up so that its interest progresses and grows up to the last word whether in the case of our officially collaborated work or in the work officially independent in which we each modified the other with almost as much enthusiasm and devotion as we gave to work done together the only instance that comes to the writer's mind in which he of his own volition altered the structure of any work occurred in the opening chapters of the rescue of that book conrad made many draughts over a very great number of years the writer seems to remember but is not quite certain having heard conrad say that he had meant to take up the story of the rescue immediately after the publication or the finishing of almayer and it obviously belongs to the group of subjects set in malaysia or thereabouts of the date say of karain from tales of unrest or the lagoon that was published in the same volume dated eighteen ninety eight in the matter of books published in london in the nineties dates of publication if these are of any importance are sometimes hazy thus the writer's first book was published in eighteen ninety one but the date given on the title page is eighteen ninety two the ingenious publisher who was also conrad's hit on this stratagem afterwards imitated by american magazines with the idea of beguiling the possible buyer into the belief that he was purchasing a brand new book eighteen months or so after it had been published Carine, then the one of his early short stories that conrad liked best was published in blackwoods in eighteen ninety seven and then in a volume that is dated eighteen ninety eight it was as far as the writer's memory serves him written in eighteen ninety six the relationship of Carine to the rescue is obvious for two years conrad carried the idea of the novel about with him and then after the publication of the nigger by Heinemann in eighteen ninety eight he definitely sketched the plot of the rescue to Heinemann himself on this sketch he obtained one of his advances from that kindly man immediately afterwards he began his first draft of the novel that advance remained an old man of the mountain for years and years there were the glorious schemes for finishing off such and such a book by such and such a date and then quickly writing two or three stories like gaspar ruiz for a periodical that paid great prices thus getting free forever of indebtedness then there came always the grim remembrance there's that advance of heinemann's on the rescue that no doubt rather hypnotised his will when he attacked as he constantly did that particular book he made at least six separate beginnings of a chapter or a chapter and a half each with every different kind of arrangement of paragraphs and openings at last towards nineteen o six conrad in one of his crises of rearrangement had got his affairs nearly straightened out he then once more remembered with despair heinemann's advance which together with the rescue itself had remained out of sight for four or five years so the writer said to conrad you'd better give me those manuscripts and let me put together some sort of a beginning for you conrad was then wrestling with the opening chapter of chance which he expected with any luck to finish slight affair as it was going to be in about three months it was actually finished seven years later openings for us as for most writers were matters of great importance but probably we more than most writers realized of what primary importance they are a real short story must open with a breathless sentence a long short story may begin with an as or a sense and some leisurely phrases at any rate the opening paragraph of book or story should be of the tempo of the whole performance that is the regale général. moreover the reader's attention must be gripped by that first paragraph so our ideal novel must begin either with a dramatic scene or with a note that should suggest the whole book the nigger begins. Mr. Baker, chief mate of the Narcissus, stepped in one stride out of his lighted cabin into the darkness of the quarter-deck. The secret agent, Mr. Fairlock, going out in the morning, left his shop nominally in charge of his brother-in-law. The End of the Tether For a long time after the course of the steamer Safala had been altered— this last being the most fitting beginning for the long short story that the end of the tether is romance on the other hand begins to yesterday and to-day i say my polite vaya usted con dios what are those days to me but that far-off day of my romance when from between the blue and white bales in don ramon's darkened storeroom in kingston an opening for a long novel in which the dominant interest lies far back in the story and the note must be struck at once the inheritor's first lines are as it has been already noted ideas she said oh as for ideas an opening for a short novel conrad's tendency and desire made for the dramatic opening the writer's as a rule for the more pensive approach but we each as a book would go on were apt to find that we must modify our openings this was more often the case with conrad than with the writer since conrad's books depended much more on the working out of an intrigue which he would develop as the book was in writing the writer has seldom begun on a book without having at least the intrigue the affair completely settled in his mind the disadvantage of the dramatic opening is that after the dramatic passage is done you have to go back to getting your character in a proceeding that the reader is apt to dislike the danger with the reflective opening is that the reader is apt to miss being gripped at once by the story openings are therefore of necessity always affairs of compromise the note should here be struck that in all the conspiracies that went on at the pent or round the shores of the channel there was absolutely no mystery we thought just simply of the reader would this passage grip him if not it must go will this word make him pause and so slow down the story if there is any danger of that away with it that is all that is meant by the dangerous word technique Tremendous readers, both of us. We tried to gather from the books we had read what made one book readable and the other not. English gentlemen of the Palmerston days, there was no nonsense about us. We tried to turn out the sort of book that, from Lady Audley's Secret to Boswell's Johnson, and from Midshipman Easy to Education Sentimental, the English gentleman might read in his library, with the cedar trees on the lawn outside it or the flag-lieutenant in harbour during the dog-watches we had the intimate conviction that two and only two classes of books are of universal appeal the very best and the very worst the very worst securing immediate attention by way of some trick gradually fade from the public memories the very best being solid and ship-shaped productions of solid and ship-shaped men with no nonsense about them remain we attempted, then, to turn out solid and shipshape books. There was really nothing more to it, Conrad being the more solid, the more shipshape, and the more determined of the two, the writer being the more tenacious. You have a perfect right to say that you are rather unchangeable, Conrad wrote not long before his end, unlike the serpent, which is wise, you will die in your original skin that is to say that the writer never made concessions we elaborated certain principles and the writer saw to it that we did work along those lines conrad would occasionally try to rush a position being worn out by the long drag of work that is why the ends of his books have sometimes the air of being rather slight compared with the immense fabrics to which they are the appendages in effect conrad was the more determined to get something done the writer more listless never cared much whether a thing were done or not he insisted however that if it were done it should be done to contract it was a combination not really unfortunate the cases must be rare in which one man of letters can have had at his disposal for a number of years the whole brain of another man of letters of an unpliant disposition conrad so had the writers for it was quite definitely the writer's conviction that the only occupation fitting for a proper man in these centuries is the writing of novels and that no novel worth much could be written by himself or any other man at any rate by himself before he has reached the age of forty so till he had attained that age the writer was determined never to attempt the production of anything that was not either a pastiche or a tour de force just for practice in writing one must roll one's hump around the world first thus rather listlessly and a little disdainfully from time to time the writer turned out historical novels which were received with very great acclamations and books of connected essays that were received with acclamations almost greater but the writer was not disturbed a historical novel even at the best is nothing more than a tour de force a fake more or less genuine in inspiration and workmanship but none the less a fake even Salambeau is that a book of connected essays well it is not a novel In addition, the writer did attempt two pastiches in the manner of Mr. Henry James, written, one of them as a variation on a book of essays, to give the effect of a tour in the United States, an international affair. The other was the product of an emotion, as you get over things by writing them down in your diary. From time to time, gentlemen of the press, anxious to depreciate the writer, have said that he imitated the work of Conrad this was not the case it is a curious characteristic of the work of conrad that not only can you not recognizably imitate it you hardly ever feel even the impulse to do so and the one writer who really sedulously beaped the more exotic romances of the author of an outpost of progress achieved performances so lugubrious that he seems to have warned off any other imitators of his example the fact is that conrad like turgenev is very little mannered his temperament had no eccentricities that could be easily imitated his vocabulary was as much the result of difficulties as of arbitrary selection his cadences were so intimately his own that they were practically unimitable the writer probably more than any other man must have had opportunities of studying the way prose came to conrad but the writer does not remember more than three sentences that he ever wrote apart from sentences that he actually composed for conrad himself in which he either consciously tried for some purpose or other to get the cadence of a sentence of conrad's or as to which he felt after having written them the satisfaction which he might imagine himself feeling if he had written a conrad sentence if the accusation had been of imitation of mr henry james it might have been just enough though a pastiche is not exactly the same thing as an imitation being an exercise in the manner of a writer rather than an attempt to make a living by concealing plagiarism still whatever may have been the writer's occupations he was ready to be pulled off them at any moment at the instance of conrad's necessities and this probably was of service to the author of the rescue as regards the opening of that book the writer very well remembers how the rearrangement was made in all conrad's drafts the opening was dramatic in most of them it began with a speech of tom lingard's one of them with the words you've been sleeping you shift the helm she has got sternway on her one version even began as far back in the book as it stands at present as an interview between lingard and mrs travers conrad had meant that to be the dramatic opening in that case he would have had to introduce an immense retrospection giving the biographies of lingard of carter of the travers of jaffir of the malay serangs of everybody and everything on the impracticability of that we both agreed and the writers took the various draughts away to aldington to study a good many of the draughts that the writer made opened with a passage of description out of the level blue of a shallow sea karamata raises a lofty barrenness of grey and yellow tents the drab eminence of its arid heights the writer thinking that a slow passage of geographical significance ought logically to open what seemed likely to be a very long book then one day it occurred to him to ask why after all not have a historical opening and so avoid later on the necessity to slow the story down in order to get in the history so at the opening at any rate of one draft of chapter two he found the passage beginning the shallow sea that foams and murmurs on the shores of the thousand islands big and little which make up the malay archipelago has been for centuries the scene of adventurous undertakings and all this passage seeming to him to be admirable, beautiful, and engrossing prose, it struck him that it might be relied on at once to grip the reader's attention, and to give the note of the coming story. So in the rescue you have the opening historical passage, the geographical passage, and then Lingard's words, You've been sleeping, you. Shift the helm. She has got sternway on her. End of section 1